0: Bridge Toll, California customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon. Ford Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation. What is schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's engagement? How long the before a wedding should I send out and save the dates? How many games are in the first series Use of IMAP the NBA? Use to playoffs. check find email best on best other best email clients. Spot. Identify fonts where from to F- F- where F- to find. We F- were four years. Welcome to Core. Web Vitals Week on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk to a search industry innovator about what the launch of Core Web Vitals means for SEOs. Joining us today is Marcus Tober, who's the founder and chief evangelist of Search Metrics. Since founding the company 15 years ago, Marcus has guided Searchmetrics' technology strategies and was the driving force behind building their data science organization. So far this week, Marcus and I have talked about his process for studying core web vitals, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about what Marcus has learned and how you can better prioritize your core web vital optimization efforts. This podcast is also sponsored by hrefs. All right, on with the show. Here's the second part of my conversation with Marcus Tober, founder and chief evangelist at Searchmetrics. Marcus, welcome back to Core Web Vitals week on the Voices of Search podcast.
1: It's a busy week. Um, Glad to be back. Hi, Ben.
0: Busy week, busy time of year for SEOs. We've got a lot of moving pieces and Core Web Vitals is really at the center of that. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about the study that you've been doing, some of the analysis you've looked at a few million URLs and are trying to understand and make sense of what their core web vital benchmarks are and their rankings are before Google rolls out the actual live version of core web vitals. As you've gone through this and you've analyzed, you know, millions of pages across multiple different industries, I'm curious to hear a little bit about prioritization. First and foremost, you know, I think of core web vitals as three Metrics, right? There's largest contentful paint, cumulative layout shift, and first input delay. Are those the only three core Web Vital metrics that Google looks at?
1: No. I mean, these are the three metrics that Google claims to be the core Web Vitals, but actually, there are more metrics that Google actually are using. For example, For the whole customer journey, when the user goes to a site first till the end, when he starts using the page, Google has different metrics like first contentful paint and the largest contentful paint in the end, for example, time to interactive. So there are multiple metrics and Google has uh, defined most of them. And some of them are, from my perspective, more important as the impact for the user is is a little bit bigger than the other one so for example if you have something like first input delay and it's your first experience with the page and it's super long or like total blocking time that means if you go to a page it's just blank and nothing comes all the other metrics they don't really count anymore right it's like if you bounce and you will never come back so that that's why metrics like really at the beginning of the user experience from my perspective are super important and then i do really believe there's some kind of like Deviation till the end. So I also think when I look at Google's benchmarks, that stuff like time to interactive, where the benchmark is actually quite high and most pages pass these benchmarks, this is something that's not so relevant anymore. Google has other metrics that they're using, like like Speed Index, which is like a, an overall accumulated value out of different performance uh, metrics, where most pages pass these in, index. So I do believe there is a prioritization. I do believe the user-affecting metrics like first input delay or largest contentful paint, like seeing, you know, the, the most important largest element on a page. This is really, I believe, what Google is using with a higher priority than the other ones.
0: You know, one of my first lessons when we started this podcast, I was sitting down with Jordan Cooney, and, and we started basically doing tutorials. right? Just teach me the basics of SEO. Let's cover a topic. And with the, I think it was the first technical SEO episode we ever did. I'm like, Jordan, give me the secret sauce to being great at technical SEO. And his response was page speed, page speed, page speed. And that's all that really matters is how quickly can you get your page to load? It seems like on some level, Google is you know, saying, hey, page speed is important, but we're going to break that down to A, the first part of interaction, not just how long it takes the entire page to load. And there's different definitions of what a page load is, because when your paging is bouncing around all over the place, cumulative layout shift problems, it's hard to determine when your page is loaded or not. So as you start thinking about prioritization, does the page speed, page speed, page speed moniker still work? Is that really what we're all focusing on here is just making sure our pages are as fast as possible? Is that really priority number one?
1: I mean, yes. I mean, Google's shift towards mobile first is something that has ended with a extended period from Google in March 2021. So today is the first day where every page, according to Google, should be crawled first and only with their mobile crawler. So this is very important because that's, from my perspective, one of the underlying reasons why Google has released the uh, core web vitals because mobile experiences are often pretty bad. Not every website is mobile ready yet. And I do believe the Core Web Vitals are there to support the shift and the people working on the website that they have a good, primarily good mobile user experience. And that's uh, the speed in the end, coming back to what you said. It's really, really important.
0: So. Page speed matters more in combination with the shift towards mobile only indexing. And that seems like it creates some problems because a lot of what page speed has to do with is, you know, your connectivity. When you're in rural India working on a 3G connection, that's different when you're, you know, hardwired into your router in Northern California, right? Page speed means different things to different people in different places. So is Google changing their
1: In and different industries. Yeah.
0: Industries as well. Is you know, is Google changing how they evaluate core web vitals, you know, for different device types? How do you actually think if the biggest priority is page speed, is your loading time, your first input delay? Is that the metric that matters? And are the benchmarks changing depending on device and location?
1: The benchmarks itself, so interesting the situation is with different areas and different connection types are always the same everywhere for every country, which actually makes no real sense. But Google says they they have computed these benchmarks out of an assessment for many, many different pages, and they believe it's a good recommended target on an average basis. But now I think this is the important part Uh, The core web vital data that Google is using for search for the ranking algorithm is coming from the Chrome user experience report. That means Google is using Chrome and is generating the 75th percentile on a 28-day window, which they call field data. And this is what they're using within their ranking algorithm that that means if you are in an area where it's actually always slow because there's maybe only 3G available, maybe it's not enough for local SEO. Every query would be slow and then every page would be slow loading out of this area. I think in that moment, you normalize the whole thing, even if Google's recommendation is maybe low and almost everyone is, is like not passing the recommendation that I think this is important that many people should have in mind that if every page is slow, it doesn't matter that much if you are slow as well compared to the benchmark. Yeah. But if your peer group is actually kind of pretty fast, if you check the field data, for example, and you are pretty slow, then you should take care and because otherwise you might have a problem.
0: Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So help me put the core web vital metrics that are the primary one into prioritization. How do you think about ranking which ones you should focus on to actually impact what your rankings will be?
1: Yes, hard to say. I mean, you mentioned first input delay for a reason, um, because if you have a very high first input delay or if you uh, use the the page Insight API, use total blocking time, if this is pretty large and way beyond Google's recommendation, I think the impact on your ranking will be quite high. Because if the user is doing an interaction or is coming to the site and it's, it's blocked, like with the, all these render blocking resources, nothing is visible. That's the worst user experience ever, right? If your largest contentful paint is pretty bad, so that, that means it takes a long time until like the most important element is, is visible, but maybe already content is visible, black font on, on a white background, that's maybe still okay. So I believe FID would be more important than LCP. And then you have CLS, uh, like how many elements are still kind of like moving while loading and even after the page is loaded. This comes third from my perspective, because this is something where most pages fail at the moment because pages are dynamic. But there are a lot of like processes where in the waterfall, like elements that are kind of like moving the other elements around on a page are loaded at the end. So I do believe CLS is not really relevant at the moment because most pages do not pass Google's recommendation anyway.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned yesterday that there's a sliding scale. Google has their benchmarks and not a lot of websites that you've studied, which is a large number of websites are hitting those benchmarks and, you know, the people that are the have the lowest metrics are likely to be effective as opposed to The people that are failing the benchmarks but are ahead of the class in terms of their competition probably will see positive ranking shifts. When it comes to cumulative layout shift, you sort of prioritize that third. My thought is it depends how bad the cumulative layout shift is, right? If your page is constantly bouncing around, if it's bouncing around so the primary call to action is moving 30 swipes down on the page because you've got these giant Mm. banners or whatever it is, right? If you've got some sort of, you know, potentially negligent motions on your page that are trying to get someone to click an ad and not the call to action, Google should penalize you. If you got a little motion between your page because you've got a banner that's, you know, loading and it's not the right size, that's probably not the end of the world. Do you think that there's a sliding scale for cumulative layout shift of how bad the problem is?
1: Yes, by 100%, but this is the value, right? I mean, Google's recommendation is it should be between 0 and 0.25. And the more elements, or if one single small element is moving the whole page, like you're loading a small little banner, like, hey, we have a great Easter offer for you, and you're kind of like moving everything on a page down, your CLS will be very high. So the CLS is not influenced by the number of elements moving on the page. It's influenced by the amount of moving um, area on the page, not moving elements. So
0: essentially the distance you're moving the elements.
1: Yes. And how much, I mean, if you load like a banner at the top and it's moving like the whole page down, this will be a CLS of more than 0.7 at least. I've seen just one little change and you had a CLS of of 1.0. So it's really what you said. It's if the impact of the user is quite high, even from a little change, that will definitely have an effect.
0: Yeah, I think that at the end of the day, when you think about prioritizing your core web vital metrics, it goes back to the original moniker of technical SEO, page speed, page speed, page speed. You know, you got to think about getting the page load started. So at a bare minimum, your users understand that the page is a work in process then getting the entire page loaded, and then making sure that it's not moving around. That seems to be the prioritization. And so you're looking at LCP, FID, and then CLS is the prioritization for the three metrics. Marcus, did I get the acronyms right at least once here? Yes, you did. All right. (laughs) Well, we're going to go into more detail on an industry-specific core web vitals view tomorrow. So Join us again. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Marcus Tober, founder and chief evangelist at Search Metrics. For part three of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Marcus and I are going to talk about his understanding of industry-specific core web vital benchmarks. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Marcus, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Marcus Tober, M-A-R-C-U-S-T-O-B-E-R. Or you could visit his company's website, which is searchmetrics.com.